Welcome to the Provost Perspective. My name is Patrick. This podcast is dedicated to the opinions, thoughts, and experiences of my wife, Carolyn, and I's journey through marriage, children, and life as a whole. While the topics we discuss may be varied, we will do our best to orbit around marriage, relationships, love, and family. Welcome again, and we hope you enjoy. All right, so uh, this evening is my topic, because uh, I think that we've decided that I'm going to do topics. I'll come up with the topics now. Uh, yep. And then uh, I will do, and then we'll just discuss it, because we have you try to come up with topics, and it's a, it's a bit of a struggle bus. It's, it's too much to think about. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, so this evening we're going to talk about matters of perspective, uh, specifically from the position of parenting. So what I mean by that is um, where our individual's perspectives come from uh, and then how we use that as a, um, like a launching point to start conversations, right? Um, and then the things that we need to talk about um, specifically when it comes to like parenting and parenting philosophy and ways to do things and ways that we can improve and get better. So uh, let's see an arbitrary example. Uh, so for example, uh, on chores, right? Uh, when I grew up, everybody had a chore in the house. Everybody did their chore every single week. Uh, and you had your daily chores and your weekly chores and then monthly chores, right? And that's how it was kind of split up. And so for me, that's what I see as like normal, right? That's how you learn those life skills and grow up into the world. Um, so it's not difficult for me to put my, it's not it's difficult for me to think outside of that perspective, right? Because what, what I grew up with is the norm for me. Um, and so sometimes we have topics of conversation on how to cover that. Did you have chores and stuff growing up? or? Uh, yeah. No, we did all of them. Yeah. The reason my mother had children was so she didn't have to clean anymore. <laughs> I mean... That's fair. I mean, I feel like that's uh, no. plays, that's a that sucked. I think that's a great decision. Actually. <laughs> no, I think it's terrible. You get you get some free labor. <laughs> All you have to do is feed them. I think this is a good idea. Mm, I think we no. should implement this absolutely. No. I think the only chore I got out of doing was dishes, and that was when I started my part-time job. Because uh, in high school, I was working at Chick Fil A, and I washed dishes there. That's the only reason I got out of it. It's because I'd already washed, had to wash dishes, so. But I'd do everything else. We had to clean our rooms. We had to scrub bathrooms. And if we didn't do it right, if we didn't do it my mom's way, um, she would uh, she would make us do it all over again. She had her set ways that she did things. Oh, so it had to be the right. It couldn't just be done. It had to be done the right way. Yes. That sounds familiar to me. Yeah, sure. I'm shall. not really sure where, that, <clears throat> where I'm picking yeah, that up from. Me either. It sounds familiar. No idea. Hush you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like topics of conversation, right? One of the big ones that we have conversations about all the time and that uh, we probably will continue to have conversations of is what, how involved should we be in getting the kids introduced to new experiences, right? Uh, and it mainly comes from like our backgrounds. Like my dad was a very much free-range parent. Like, let them loose in the world, and they learn from their mistakes, and then they can continue to grow and get better and blah, 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 right? Um, your mother was not that. No. Um, so we come from, like, a little bit of different ideologies in that, right? Like, um, 
I am more of the mindset of, all right, you go outside and don't come back to the lights come on uh, mentality, right? Or the street lights come on mentality and let them explore and let them make mistakes and let them get hurt and we'll deal with it on the back end. Uh, and you're not from that perspective. No. I mean, realistically, it wasn't because we were sheltered or anything because we weren't. We were, uh, it's not cold or even if it was cold, um, get what you need, go outside, don't come back until it's time to eat. Right. Um, but she didn't ask the questions. You know, it wasn't, where are you going? Who are you going to spend time with? It was none of that. She just didn't really care about where we were going or what we were doing, just so long as we weren't in the house bothering her. Yeah. So See, I'm, of the, I'm at the point where I'm of the mindset that I feel like I need to know those things. So if my kids are going to go outside, it needs to be, okay, whose house are you going to and where are you going? And this is when you need to be back. Make sure you take a watch and you know uh, things of that nature yeah and i i i am of the mentality of you know my dad did say you know i want to know where you're going and i want to know how you where who you're hanging out with and what you're planning on doing uh and even if any of those plans changed it didn't matter like he kind of had an idea of where we're going to be so if he had to come find us he knew where to look for us but back that was back in the day when there weren't really cell phones and there wasn't really a way to get a hold of your kid and our kids don't have cell phones um so if we were to let our kids loose into the neighborhood, right? Like we would have to go chase them down OG style, uh, especially since nobody has a fucking house phone anymore. So it's not like you can call their friend's parents, right? Like right. before I went over to my buddy's house, I had to give my dad their house number so he could call them, right? So there was there was a layer of protection, but it was also like, he's kind of giving us some leash and seeing what we do with it. Um, and we've got worries, you know, the world today is not what it was 30 years ago. No. Um, you know, you you do, you, know, you can't really let your kid loose into the neighborhood anymore without somebody judging you as a parent. So yep. how do we balance that, right? How do we balance the world's expectations versus, you know, our, uh, you know, kids' needs as they grow up? Like, and that, you know, comes back to a conversation we've had multiple times and we'll probably continue to have as we, as our kids grow and we mature as parents and all that other jazz of what is it that we're trying to do, right? Uh, are we trying to raise the next generation of human beings? And if so, what's the best thing for them to do um, in today's world, right? Like I can't use the examples of 30 years ago as a, as a guide because the world is not what it was 30 years ago. It's not even close to the same as what it was 30 years ago. No. Uh, you know, when I was 10 years old, nobody was talking about sex. Nobody was talking about doing drugs. No, like, certainly that wasn't not when I was 10. <laughs> but now it's common. It's all over the place. It's in music and it's in TV and it's, you know, so like it's a different world. So what are the expectations, right? I don't want to put my kids in a bubble, you know, and have them like, I don't want them to be those weird kids that like grow up and don't know how to talk to people and don't know yeah, how to right? hang out with people. And like, he's just the weird guy at the office, right? Like, what is that? What's the dude's name from, um office space have, oh gosh have you, have you seen my stapler yeah no, i don't want my kids name. to be that guy right but i also don't want them to be like the kids who think they're far tougher than they actually are and usually end up getting their ass beat or are like so jaded by the time they're 18 that they can't function as a normal human being yeah um like my older brother and your older brother kind of turned out to be yeah so but i don't want them to be so immature that they're making poor life decisions so like where's that balance and and how do we get there um, coupled and with... Oh, how ahead. do you make those decisions when both parents don't agree? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that it, it's open and honest communication, honestly, right? It's it's stating where you, it's in, in, in the act of any negotiation, right? Because uh, relationship in its core is, is a negotiation, right? Uh, I'm negotiating from my interests and my beliefs, and you're negotiating from your interests and your beliefs, and then we come to some middle ground and compromise and, and implement it, and then re-engage a little ways down the road and go, is this getting the effect that we want it to give? And if it's not, now what, right? Like, how do we fix that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know. So, like, for me, like, I want... I, I am that I am that push them into the deep end and teach them how to swim type of parent, and you're very much I'm the uh, let's get them the swimmies and get them to swim class and we can s- slowly walk yes. them into the the warm water, um, and so in in between those two you know differences, um, we have to find some common ground where they're at mm-hmm. you know. Um, Compromise is a big deal. It very much is, and sometimes you're going to find those like perspectives where you're like, oh man. I really think that's the wrong answer, but it doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they think. And then understanding where that other person's coming from and, and be willing to talk it through, right? And not just outright reject it um, from its core. Whether you disagree with it or not, like you really should have that conversation. You really have to have that conversation, especially when it comes to raising, you know, tiny healthy humans. children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tiny humans to be big humans who pay taxes and get a job. And move the fuck out of my house. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but like that's—I don't know. It there isn't an easy answer, and it's something that we constantly—I want to say we fight because we don't really fight. Um, but we do have a lot of conversations. Like we just we had talk one. a lot. We just had it about this topic specifically, and some things that are going on, and in, in, uh, differences in philosophy uh, when it comes to parenting and how we get things executed and if we think we're doing a good job and if not where we're falling short and how we fix it if we're going to fix it um you know so you got to kind of weigh that of for kids they'd crave stability right so they want that stable environment where things are normal and they have expectations and they have beliefs and but i am personally a proponent of chaos and uh Letting a little chaos rain every now and again uh, so that you can learn from it and you can experience it, right? Um, but again, I'm not a good example. I had a really colorful childhood. Yes. <laughs> I put my first set of stitches in when I was seven years old. Um, so uh, not a skill set I necessarily want my kids to have. Um, not a bad skill set to have, but not necessarily something I would be like, hey, you all need to know how to do this, right? At the age of seven? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> You know, but I also don't want my kids to be like the homebodies who are scared to go outside of the door and try new things and explore new things, right? So how do you find that sweet spot, right? Um, how do you come up with that, I don't know, that, that compromise? Um, and we've, we've worked pretty hard at it over the last two, three years or so of, okay, we'll try some stuff, we'll introduce some stuff, um, We'll see how they how the kids do, and then either re-engage as it's a step too far or not too far. My problem is I'm a lazy turd, and I kind of want to stay at home anyway. So <laughs> right. knowing that they need to get exposed to life, it's sometimes hard for me to, you know, pull myself off of the couch. I guess. I think a lot to of get the solution trouble that a lot of other couples have is um, 
not having those discussions. One parent thinks it should be done this way, so they do it that way. Yeah. And then the other parent comes along and they do it their way. And now the kids are getting mixed messages. Yeah, that's so, super apparent in like divorced couples absolutely. or separated couples. Uh, um, but if you're going to have that, that difference of opinion and you realize that you guys don't agree on a specific topic or a specific way to raise your children, then you need to sit down and have that difficult conversation or that hard conversation and come up with a way that you can either, one of you agrees with the other one, or you come up with a compromise to make that work. Because too many times I've seen couples just fighting at each other's throats over discipline, especially. One parent disciplines one way, but then the other parent goes, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to discipline this way. And now your kids think, well, one parent's going to let me get away with it, so all I have to do is prep myself for this. (coughs) And they're getting mixed signals, so they're going to play one side and, you know, yeah, you start with those... You're going to build resentment, too, towards another parent, and you don't want to do that. Yeah, there's a reason why it's called the mommy-daddy games, right? Like, I'm going to go ask mom, she says no, so I'm going to go ask dad, and he says yes, because he doesn't know any better, right? Exactly. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so you you have to have that unified front, and it, it seems weird to put it in the terms of, like, battle, but in a house with multiple children there are days when it's straight up a fucking battle absolutely right like i'm fighting for them to put their shoes on and get dressed and brush their teeth or get out of the go take a shower or to leave the house and get in the fucking car so we can go to the store yes. right like simple <laughs> shit that shouldn't be difficult is very it, difficult it can be there's other days where it just flows like like honey and it's perfect and it's easy and it's smooth and what days other, are those and then, yeah, right? <laughs> and then there's other days where it's literally like trying to pull teeth out of an alligator's mouth while he's conscious, right? It's just yes. fucking frustrating. But if you're not together and you haven't come up with how you're going to handle it, that causes tension, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about it in our hard lines and soft lines episode where if you don't talk about what you're okay with and what you're not okay with, those moments of frustration are going to result in explosive situations, Um you know, you have to come to an agreement beforehand of, okay, this is how we're going to handle this situation. This is how we're going to deal with it. Because if I say, I, I'm okay with whapping my kid on the butt and you're not okay with it. And then all of a sudden I do that. Holy shit. That's a fight. Like, that's problem. a That's a big fight. Big problem. Right? Um, same thing with grounding, right? Like if I, you know, more to your point, where specifically what you're talking about is reinforcement and, you know, consistency. If I ground the kids and then the minute I leave the house, you let them have candy and go play video games or do whatever, right? That's usually the op. In this house, it's actually the opposite. She yeah, usually right. grounds them and then I uh, give them candy. Um, for two reasons. One, I didn't realize they were grounded. And two, I like candy. Um, but, <laughs> and, you know, if, if they, you don't have that consistency, then it starts breeding that I'm going to pit my parents against each other to get what I want. Um, cause kids are manipulative and it's not just kids, like people in general, right? Like they're little people, so they haven't figured out how to be good at it yet, but people are manipulative. People are going to seek their own self-interests and, and but children, you don't want to water that garden. Yeah. You and really children are no better it. at that. And you exactly, you don't want to start that habit now, right? Yeah. Like when your kid starts lying, that's the time to stop them from lying so that it doesn't become a behavioral pattern. So it, you don't have to try to solve it later on. Right. Um, same thing with the manipulation, same thing with the antagoniz- antagonizing thing. And 
something that we still work at and we still need to work at because each kid is different and each kid responds to different things a little bit differently is that consequences actions piece right from that long that long game stuff right if, if they do an action or fail to do an action there should be a consequence to that and if we don't address that consequence then now we have problems there yep. too right so that's stuff that we that we still have to work through and you're going to have to work through it as you have one kids, two kids, three kids, four kids, or if worse, if you're in like a foster care situation and you've got a lot of kids from many different backgrounds, many different experiences, you're going to have to navigate all that terrain to try to figure out what the right way to go is because it's not cookie cutter. It's not going to fit. Like what works for one kid isn't going to work for another kid. And you're going to beat your head against the wall and you're going to pull your fucking hair out trying to figure out what to do. It's frustrating. And it's, you don't want to compound that process with a partner you don't agree with or you're fighting with or you're arguing with about simple, stupid shit that should be simple and stupid, right? Um, things escalate. Like, for example, I think that a kid should clean his his or her plate regardless of whether or not he or she likes that food. You should eat it. You should finish it. Be grateful for what you got. Now, if you don't like it, fine. We will do our best not to make it again in the future so as not to upset your palate. Now, can't let that go too far because then you have a kid who only will eat mac and cheese and hot dogs and never want to eat anything else and that's not going to fly and that's not going to fly right (laughs) so like you got to eat green stuff too even though i don't like vegetables um whereas you're not you're of that different mindset you're like Mm -hmm. you are the mindset of they have to try it and if they don't like it fine but you at least had to have tried it you had to have put it in your mouth and our kids try to get away with that they take a little bite and they're like no i don't like that they have to put in a decent effort you didn't um, even eat it. Like, put it in your mouth, chew it, swallow it, you know? Like, for me, the one food I will never eat ever again is cooked spinach. It's slimy, and it's gross, and no way. No way. A fresh spinach? Fine. Cooked spinach? Nope. I'm out. I'm out. I won't do it. I'll eat anything else. I will <laughs> fucking eat anything else but cooked spinach, right? Um, I just don't want to... See, and for me, with the kids, I want them to understand that it's okay to not like certain foods. Right. And, like, there's certain foods I don't cook in the house because I don't like them. Like liver. And if, like liver or mushrooms, I don't like. Both of them, delicious. (laughs) That being said, it should be okay for our children to learn that there's going to be foods that they do like and foods that they don't like. Yeah. However, they need to not be afraid of food of because yeah. of what it looks like or how it smells yeah. or whatever other excuse or reason they can come up with. So as long as they put in a good effort and try it, I'm not talking like a nibble. I'm talking two or three bites. By then you should know whether or not you like it. You put in a decent effort. Okay, fine. I get it. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, I get that. And I, I do understand that completely. And I agree with it for not from the food perspective, mm-hmm. right? Because for me, it comes from the it comes from the mindset of gratitude, right? Like if yes. somebody makes me something, I need to eat it and show that I was grateful that they put in the effort. Even if I don't like it, I still need to eat it because it's it's a way to say thank you for eating for for providing me food, right? But I also get the other side of the coin, which is why we've come to a compromise with a lot of this stuff. Yes, is I get the idea of yes, it's small and it's stupid because it's food, and you know we have plenty here, so we don't have to worry about wasting food anymore. You know we've we've moved past that stage in our life. But we want to encourage positive communication, right? Uh, if you don't like something or you're not comfortable with something, I want you to be able to talk to me. And if I shut you down at the table, right, it sets a precedent that there will be other things I'm going to shut you down for. So if it gets even more embarrassing or even more, you know, 
fear of breeding and altercation, now I'm not going to want to talk about it because I've had this precedent set on something else. Even though it's not related, the situation is similar and it's similar enough that it's going to stick in your brain and now you're not going to want to talk about it, right? So like, especially with the kids getting older, they're going to come into some even more weird things that they're going to maybe be hesitant to talk about. If they're okay with that small bit of friction at the dinner table and we're open to it, they may be, it sets the precedent that we'll be open to other forms of communication that they really need to talk to somebody about, right? Right. So I get that point. And that's why we were able to come to a, a bit of a compromise on that. Like, I still think they should finish their plate, but I also understand that, you know, it's a battle I lost, right? Um, they do need to eat a percentage of it, right? And if you don't, though, the compromise we came to is you don't have to eat it if you don't like it, but if you don't finish your plate, you're not getting anything else and right. you're not getting any dessert. Right. Right. So if you want to eat, if you want something else to eat and you want a dessert, Force you have to down. finish what's on your plate, <laughs> even if you don't like it. Right. So that was the kind of compromise we came to. Right. Like you don't on get top, anything extra, but you should be able to eat something. On top of that, the rule is if you go to a friend's house and you have meals at their house, yeah. you will choke it down. Right. So like when we go to like grandma and grandma's house, right. right. Like you eat what grandma and grandpa give you. Absolutely. Um, and that's really the end of it. I feel like I have to sneeze. <laughs> and I don't want to sneeze in the microphone because I know it's stupid loud. It's <laughs> okay. sneezes are very loud. I'm okay. Goosefaba. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. And I feel like coming from those different points of perspective, right? Uh, and being willing to engage in it and talk about it, um, despite how passionate you may be about things. Because uh, I, I am... For those of you who know me personally, have known me for a while, when it comes to things that I believe in, I get really passionate uh, and I debate really hard. Like I'm not that person who's going to back down um, unless I feel like it's going to escalate to a full-blown fight. And then typically I'm going to be like, eh, it's not that big a deal, right? But typically I'm going to argue my point to death, um, usually with the end state of trying to change your mind, even though I know typically I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to continue to go until you either relinquish the fight or you, you, we come to some kind of compromise, right? Yep. I do my best to try to <laughs> understand other people's perspectives, right? And I do try to understand where they're coming from, uh, but then I use that against them, uh, typically. So, uh, <laughs> hey, debate class was good for me. I really enjoyed debate class. In yeah, high school. no, I hated um, it. So, I mean, we do have conversations. We have a lot of conversations um, about all kinds of things in the background as, as we're learning as adults and how to be parents and how to be good parents. And learning from our mistakes and our parents' parents, our parents' mistake and their parents' parents' mistake, taking in context the world, of course, the world that my grandpa grew up in is long far and gone and doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, but there's some standards that are going to remain regardless, right? Um, boys' temperaments, boys' behavior, girls' temperaments, girls' behavior. Um, and there's hurdles you're going to run into. Like the best piece of advice I ever got was from my grandma. Uh, I had a our oldest son was teething really bad and we couldn't get him to sleep and he was cranky and like the Orgel shit wasn't working and the, the what was the pills, the little pills? Oh gosh, I can't remember what those anyway, were. Anyway, there was teething pills. Those yeah. weren't fucking working. And I went and saw, we went to go visit my grandma. She was 85 or 86 at the time. Yeah. And she looks at me and she goes, put some whiskey in his mouth. And I'm like, what? I'm not getting my baby <laughs> drunk. And she's like, no, dip your finger in the whiskey and rub it on his gums. It's, it's not enough alcohol to even come close to hurting him, but it numbs his gums. And I was like, there's no fucking way that hurt. That's going to work. And oh, she and I totally got into a, a conversation about it for like 20 <laughs> minutes. And then finally one night, we're exhausted. We haven't gotten any sleep. 
we're just done with it. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try it like a charm. Yeah. It just perfect. And I called my grandma the next day and I was like, grandma, it worked. And she's like, of course it worked. She's <laughs> like, it worked for my mom, my grandma, my grandma's grandma. Like everybody has done it and they're Irish. They'll be fine. Right. Yep. Um, so, I mean, there's that the lessons that you learn from the generations past uh, and the lessons we've learned along the way, hoping to impart them to a younger generation and eventually our kids so that they don't make the same mistakes. Now, it is what it is, right? Like kids are going to listen. Some kids are going to listen. Some kids aren't. But, you know, it, as we grow and we love and we learn, hopefully they grow and they love and they learn. And at the end of the day, we can all be a little bit better for it and push that envelope on for a stronger generation, you know? And the end state is just, and I know we say it every podcast, but when it all boils down to it, it's the answer to every single problem you're going to run into in a partnership or in a, or in a marriage. In life. And you have to have the conversations. You have to talk. And you cannot raise children as a group of parents without discussing it, talking about it, and coming to a conclusion about it. Because at the end of the day, if you guys have opposite opinions on it and you can't figure out how you're going to do it, you're going to ruin your kids in the process and then end up ruining your marriage. Now, I will say that you're probably going to ruin your kids anyway because that's just a byproduct of parenting. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right in the fact that you, if you aren't making your best effort to be the best couple that you can be, you're never going to be the best parents that you could be. And there's a lot of parents who forget that along the way. Yep. They forget that they're more than just mom and dad. They're also husband and wife or significant other partner, whatever your terminology happens to be. But you were there first. You're the foundation of that house. Um, and the best example you can set for your kids is how you treat each other and how well you communicate yes. as a as a partnership. And then eventually that will trickle out to your kids. And they may not always appreciate it, but when they get older, they will. They're going to learn from it. And they're going to learn far more from what you do than what it is you say. Yes. Um, so being a good partner will make you a better parent. Um, and that's the whole key of the whole communication piece, right? Is talk to each other and talk and take the time to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. And you're gonna have you're gonna have differences in perspective. It, it is what it is. Like you're gonna have to find a way to work through them and it's gonna be a little bit different for any person because your ideologies are different. But hey, at the end of the day you're gonna it's gonna be better for everybody involved if you can find a way to communicate. Uh, effectively and efficiently. And a quick side note, um, if you're in a couple or a relationship where one partner stays home, any stay-at-home parent, this does not give you a free pass for that. And I've heard this so many times, especially from my, my female friends that are stay-at-home moms, that, well, I'm the one that's home, I get to choose the form of discipline. No. That is not a free pass. It is not how this works. Nope. I don't care if you're the one that's home most often. You still need to agree on everything. And from, Absolutely everything. And from the other side of the house, just because you're the man outside of the house or woman outside of the house working outside of the house doesn't mean you get to write it off. You, you don't get to say, well, she gets to deal with it or he gets to deal with it because he's the one who's home with it. No. You're an active participant and the kids will see it. The children will see it. The, that things are different when you're home or when you're home alone. It's different. And they're going to act on that and they're going to behave that way. Um... Our kids, for example, uh, I'm the one that works outside of the house. I don't let them get away with a lot of things that maybe mom does, but I also let them get away with some things that maybe mom wouldn't, right? So there's going to be differences, 
but it shouldn't be so blatant um, that it clearly shows a divide between the two of you, right? Um, like you, I posted you today. You don't get to walk away because you don't work at the house. Yeah, marriage is not 50-50. Divorce is 50-50. Marriage yes. is 100-100. Yep, it's everybody dedicated at all times. It's you, You're in this fight, and you've got to be in it with both hands and both feet. Yep. Otherwise, it's going to fail. Um, and if the goal is to raise little humans who can grow up and pay taxes, right? Um, then the goal is to create those humans by them modeling your behavior. And that's being as dedicated and committed to that as, as you are. Yep. So, all right. I wrapped it up for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, every single week, we do enjoy everything you do. If you get the chance, uh, stop over on Twitch. We're going to start, we're going to live stream every Monday. Um, and we'd love to have you. We'd love to answer your questions, have a little conversation. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and then, of course, anywhere that you find podcasts. Feel free to listen, review, rate, whatever. Uh, and then I'll probably start cutting some YouTube videos here soon. I don't know. I got a lot of going on my plate, and I'm kind of lazy, and video editing is tough. Might hire somebody. Anyway, <laughs> um, again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you all again next week. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please reach out on Instagram and Facebook. We would love to hear your feedback or suggestions on our next topic. See you next week.